This is episode 44 of the Rise Up Podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode and find out more about our show at familylife.org. You're not late. You're right on time. And we're glad you're here. This is Rise Up on Family Life. Timing. It's all about timing. Mm. Now, granted, your timing may be different than your neighbor's timing, but what's the proper time to perhaps take down your fall decorations and put up the Christmas decorations. Do we all agree it's a matter of timing? And oh, it, what is the proper time? It's a matter of timing, but your timing might differ from your spouse's timing. I oh, that's true. I feel like overall it's a matter of grace. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. This got deep. For example, last year we decided that we would convert from buying a cut Christmas tree every year to using a well, a fake tree. And the reason is because our youngest daughter was out of the country for Christmas. And by the time she came home to celebrate, I knew our real tree would be like in needles on the ground. Yeah. But when we could get a really good sale on a fake tree, it was like the middle of October. So when the box arrived, I wanted to know, does this tree look good? Because you want to return it if it doesn't, right? And get a different one. So we took it out in like the middle of October and put it up. And then I was like, well... Since it's up, we should probably just put some lights on it. So our tree last year went up like way before November 1st even. This year, I said to my husband, you know, last year we – and he was like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. You may not do it until – the day after Thanksgiving, which I may try to sneak to like Thanksgiving night, you know, like when all the dishes are done, because I love just that feeling of joy that comes from the twinkling tree and everything. Tim, you seem to well, sound like when you had said your timing could be different from someone in your house. Sounds like you speak from experience. Did I maybe sound that way a little bit? Yeah. Well, OK, it, it, it does go that way, it seems, because my wife, Trinity, is the early bird with decorations and not just early to put up early to take down. So it, oh. we, we pretty much couldn't disagree more with how decorations should go. And, and grace, that's a great point there, Therese grace for both sides of this. I think that you gotta let Christmas come down. I mean, afterward, thankfully we're not looking for that for a while, but after Christmas, you gotta let it kind of linger for a bit so that it's not like pulling a bandaid off, but that's my wife's philosophy is, Hey, Christmas it's over done and now that's what we just experienced with with fall thanksgiving type stuff it's like i wanted to like have some room to breathe to get you through the season but she's like hey no after after these fall holidays boom they're down and boom the christmas pops up so grace in the little thing <laughs> it goes a long way because mm. in the end does it matter are we celebrating what matters regardless yeah yeah we are all right, you've learned grace. I've learned another wonderful thing. It's oh. called patience. Mm. Here's how I learned patience. Back when the kids were little, for some reason, you know, it's like, oh, Audrey says, let's get everything. Let's get as many lights outside and do all this kind of stuff. And so, and I used to say way back in those days, because the kids are obviously grown and out of the house now, but when they were little, I used to say, but can't we just put the charming little, like one candle in each window? 
That's charming. That's right. a good look. Just mm-hmm. the one white candle in each window. Yeah. That looks nice. Classic. No, we need all the lights. because the, And the kids loved all the lights. The kids loved all that. So <sighs> I put up all those lights out. Get up on the ladder. Do there all the outside go. lights. And once you get started with that, it's hard to stop. So you put a whole bunch of lights up. Well, now, you know, that went on for many, many, many years. And I was I didn't like getting up on that ladder. And I was a, a terrible thing every year. And but I obviously I managed to survive that. And then the kids move out of the house. And now it's just Audrey and I in the house. And now finally, over the last several years, it's been that charming candle in the window. Oh, you got it. None after of the all. outside stuff anymore. So see, you just if you don't get your way right away, just exercise that grace that you mentioned in the meantime. <laughs> right. And then patience, because years later, you mm. might get the way you wanted it to. You know, it's funny. We did the whole, like, lawn, everything with the figurines out front, like the light-up shapes, and we had ducks on a pond. And it was like this grand thing. It was so big. And we live on a corner, so we had, like, lots of front yard to do mm. this with that our neighbors would call it Emily's Park because they thought it was my daughter Emily's like big, you know, light up Mm -hmm. park display or something. (laughs) And what brought that to a close for us after, I don't know, maybe six, seven years uh, was the electric bill. (laughs) Um, And so we we were able to sell those. And it was funny because then we would drive by the new house that had them and we would admire like our old lawn decorations on somebody else's house until their electric bill got too high and (laughs) they sold them to somebody else, you know, but it was a fun season now, though, you know, I wish that we had put up like just a little strand of icicles that we hang in the little alcove earlier in the year, like when it was warm. Like mm. those people were so smart because there comes a time like right about when we change our clocks oh, yeah. that when you start to see people's lights up, doesn't it just make you feel like warm inside? It does. Yeah, it, it does. does. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and when the times change, we go along with it because it makes us feel right, and and that's what I'm seeing with this grace thing. And the, okay, we've got new traditions. Maybe they weren't some of the ones I had because my wife and I, with our little girl, well, she's gonna be she's one this Christmas, so this is like the first Christmas where we can really like interact with her a lot, and it's making me think like. These are the traditions. These are the ways she's going to grow up remembering how we celebrate the Savior. So, yeah, change comes. But as long as it's all pointed towards that main thing, okay, I'm all right with that change. Mm. Remember we mentioned timing early on, the timing of the whole Mm -hmm. thing. How many people in uh, Watertown and Buffalo thought, I wish we'd put these lights up a week or two earlier. <laughs> no, because now but they now don't need the ladder. Need a ladder. Right. You can just get them on the snowbank and just put them right up, right? Oh, that's oh, funny. And, you know, with the whole timing idea, and I, I understand where Trinity is coming from, Tim, with getting the decorations down right away and moving on, but it makes me feel so sad, which, mm-hmm. especially in this part of the country when it's so dark after the holidays, you can have seasonal affective disorder. I mean, it's a real thing, and right. I just sure. felt, like, so down. And so I started doing just a little bit of decorating for Valentine's Day, just focused on loving one another. You know, like I've got one of those signboards where you change out the letters and I'll change it to a scripture about love. And then I started decorating like a little bit for Easter so that I would have like spring and Eastery kind of things mm. up. And then after that goes away, well, we're kind of outside more. And so then I don't miss the decorations. But so you kind of do those little things that work for you, you know, because there's mm-hmm. nothing in scripture that says in order to celebrate Christmas, you mm-hmm. must have a tree with a hundred lights per foot tall. I mean, there's no <laughs> like, you know, requirement for that. And so the decorations are just kind of 
like a fun thing that we add that says, hey, we're celebrating something in the same way that you put candles on a birthday cake, you Mm -hmm. know? And so it's a way to just be able to share some joy, some hope, some love with people who might see your tree in the window or your candles in the window or your lights out in the yard, however big or small that display is. And you might be in a different season than someone else, you know, like Steve and I, when our kids were little, Mm -hmm. no pressure, Tim, we had big light displays, you know, (laughs) but then you get a little older and you're like, eh, not so much. You can just drive to a park to see those. So however your family chooses to celebrate or your neighbor chooses to celebrate, let's have grace, Mm -hmm. especially when there are still Christmas lights up on August 15th. That's right. (laughs) Save time like we do. Keep your Labor Day tree up, which we kept up from Christmas (laughs) for Valentine's and Easter. And let's just keep it up. Of course we're happy. You're here. Why wouldn't we be? Thanks for listening to Rise Up on Family Life. I was really surprised by this statistic about Thanksgiving. I had an idea that pumpkin would be near the top. When it comes to pies, though, apple is actually number one. That's surprising, yeah. Thanksgiving, but it's only huh? by one percentage point, okay, so right. I call okay. that a tie. So yeah, apple and right. pumpkin are one and two, mm-hmm. right. Number three, though, is like, like what would be your guesses? Number three I, most popular go, pie. Okay, I'm just going to go on my gut because I, pecan pie is my favorite. You know, I like pecan I would have thought pecan. Yeah, sure. I would say pecan, but since you said it's a, I'm going to say right. watermelon. <laughs> well, that yeah, would be odd. Yeah, there, Tim. Yeah, I mean, I would thought like triple berry or cherry <laughs> right. sure, or some mincemeat, perhaps. Oh, yeah, mincemeat. That oh. would have been big, yeah. Hmm. It wasn't, though. It was chocolate cream. Oh, well, I mean, that sounds great. Yeah. That's surprising. And I have a friend who works in a bakery who has Mm -hmm. confirmed this. She was like, I can't believe how many chocolate cream pies. And I was like, that's just weird. (laughs) But also delicious. (laughs) Yeah. Feel free to stick around a while. We love it when you're here. This is Rise Up with Steve, Therese and Tim on Family Life. What is the habit of bowing your head and for prayer before you eat? It's an old one. goes way back centuries. How far? We don't really know. But we do know that Christ and his disciples observed the habit of taking bread, breaking it, and giving thanks to God before they ate it. We also know that this tradition existed in the early church. Toward the end of his life, Paul instructed Timothy that, quote, everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. So bowing your head and Rubbing your eyebrows as you mumble, God is great, God is good, and we thank him for our food, might be and can be a meaningless routine, which is a waste of time and energy, yet expressing sincere gratitude from a thankful heart. It's a measure of intelligent worship. It's also acknowledgement that you're a child of God and recognize him as the source of all blessings. It's a means of teaching your children something valid and important. Recognizing the blessing and care of God is a mark of spiritual sensitivity and obedience. Now, there is a time for real heart-searching intercession. There is a time for praying for missionaries around the world, for government officials, for your church, and for friends and relatives, but not the time right before a meal, right? Uh, Make it short and sweet. Father, thank you for this food. We acknowledge that it comes from you, and bless it, and we are grateful, and that's it. Okay, so you might be saying, what about doing it in public? Well, every record of Jesus praying over food was in public, not private. Quietly bowing your head over your food in a restaurant makes a statement. Other people make statements. So do you give thanks for your food before a meal? And if not, why not? Maybe it's time to start the conversation with God and give thanks. 
Thanks for making us part of your morning routine. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. God's Word, it's like a like a meal. Hearing what God mm. has to say for your life and folding that into the way you live, that's like getting high-quality carbs and rich proteins for fuel into your body. So don't ruin your appetite. I read this comparison over at the Gospel Coalition website. I really liked it. If we're snacking on cheese puffs, we shouldn't be surprised when we don't have room for steak. Or, okay, I'll put it into Thanksgiving metaphors here for this Bible reading. If we're breaking into the rolls before dinner, don't be surprised you don't have any room for the turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes. Yeah, if I'm filling up my mind, filling up my habits, leaving no room whatsoever to savor God's truths, wow, I want to get rid of that junk food faster than, well, junk food on Thanksgiving. I don't want to ruin my appetite for the feast God has prepared for me. I want to stay hungry for his word. They're morning people because they love mornings and people. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Black naped pheasant pigeon. That sounds like a bird if I ever heard of one. (laughs) (laughs) Say that 10 times fast. Well, okay, I'll just try it one more time. Uh Black naped pheasant pigeon. Now, my question from this is, if you didn't know something was missing... Is it considered, I found it? Uh, oh, these are confusing hmm. questions. That, is this like endangered? Yes. 140 years they had not seen one of these for 140 hmm. years, but now they have recently, I guess not discovered, it's well, yeah. rediscovered right? the black-naped pheasant pigeon. Wow, and now I know how my neighbors feel in like April when they see me and they thought that I had gone extinct. But I was, Look, there's a black name, pheasant pigeon. We'll just call her. Oh, what's her Freeze. name again? Yeah, oh. I just I was just trying to stay warm for five months. It's Steve, Therese, and Tim helping you to rise up on family life. A friend you can turn to. 